No, she did get a gun pulled on her by a cop. <laughs> but yeah, I could smell the tear gas in the morning. Of course, just but, like fr yeah. fresh baked donuts and tear gas. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business, progress, and the USA. USA. Okay, I guess uh, welcome to How the West Was Fucked. Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple. Ow. The. No. Okay. okay. Perfect. Uh, well, uh, we had a couple week break here, um, and <clears throat> we're coming out swinging with a uh, a new episode. Uh, since the last time that we recorded, uh, there's been a lot of stuff has happened in the uh, in the modern world. A couple that we're of things. Couple of things. Yep. Um, I came out of the woods. I was camping. I came out of the woods and first heard about this uh, person named uh, George Floyd. And uh, the very unjust and horrific way in which he died. And then, uh, you know, uh, since then I've been kind of like uh, watching the nation's response to that and uh, related uh, police brutality issues and uh, racial equality issues mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, so we kind of decided that we should probably do an episode that um, at least uh, shows some parallels with the kind of stuff that's going on now that has yeah. happened in the past. Yeah, and it's it's something, I mean, the, the story we're going to tell today is kind of in our wheelhouse. It's like the, you know, time period that we kind of deal with, uh, but it definitely pertains to what's going on right now. And uh, you know what's funny is like something I was talking to Mari about today is uh, um, seeing like regular people's reaction right now is kind of heartwarming because like uh, like all of us on this podcast like been in the punk scene our entire lives and listen to bands and play in bands that sing about this kind of shit you know what i mean and like we're we've been on board like we already know you know what i mean and i'm i'm fucking really glad to see everybody else has got got on board as well and is pissed and is out there it's fucking awesome You'd, you'd think it'd be the last time, one of these times. But. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, seems like we got to do this again and again and again. Like you say, someday hopefully we get a, a good result, but got to keep doing it until we get a result. So. Fuck it, eh? Um, also, uh, I want to point out that um, kind of would have liked to make this a little bit more about uh, some racial justice issues. However, the 1800s were not uh, well known for any of that actually existing, in, right. especially in the Old West. So instead of, um, we're not going to uh, concentrate as much on um, African Americans uh, and their struggle in particular, uh, but we are going to concentrate basically on police brutality and uh, using the military against United States citizens and uh Corporate uh, bastards uh, uh, keeping keeping the common people down and uh, things like that. So, and part and part of that, in my opinion, is is uh, 
like you know corporate America or corporate world, I guess, uh, keeping common people down is keeping people pitted against each other too. They 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 yep. like the racism because it keeps it keeps people pitted against each other, and it means that they can kind of control you and keep you scared and you know lead you around. So well, fuck that. divide and conquer, you know. Yep. Same old story. Yep. And with Excellent. that. Uh, Tony actually, uh, Tony actually did some research this time. We, you know, normally we leave him in, you know, we treat him like a mushroom, uh, leave him in the dark and feed him <laughs> shit. But, uh, th- this time he jumped on board and did a little bit of research. So instead of asking him what he knows about, uh, Colorado Coalfield War, because he knows some about it, but, uh, we're just gonna, we're gonna talk about the Colorado Coalfield War. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, that was between uh, September 1913 and December 1914. It's a little uh, past our prime, but these are issues that were going on for forever and ever in hard rock mining in the West. Yeah, so, and of course a lot on the on the east side of the Mississippi too, which you know we swear to not to talk about usually ever. That's just part of our uh, our formula. But uh, I mean that was happening a lot in West Virginia, those kind of areas, like long before this too. Uh, Michigan, too, is kind of the big one at the same time. The Iron Range. Mm-hmm. So the three largest companies involved were Colorado Fuel and Iron, uh, Rocky Mountain Fuel, and the Victor American Fuel Company. Owned by Victor Rockefeller. American. Who? Uh, Rockefeller's, one of Rockefeller's companies. Yep. Rockefeller bought out uh, the guy who took over the Victor American Fuel Company. Uh, and of course, uh, John Rockefeller Sr. gave it to his uh, son. Uh, I guess they're rich as the Rockefellers. Oh, imagine that. that. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard, you know, the name Rockefeller before. And because, you know, there's Rockefeller Center where, you know, go watch the fucking Christmas tree lighting or whatever they do out there. I think that's what they do there, right? Well, in the show 30, 30 Rock. Show 30 but, Rock, yeah. They like skate around. Isn't there like sure. a big skatey thing? Sure. I never been to fucking New York, so that's where the Rangers oh, yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Michael Scott. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's heard the name Rockefeller, and you know him along or them along with uh, the Hearst. Uh, what Ford? Ford was becoming a thing around this time himself with his anti-Semitic ass. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Rockefeller was kind of uh, king shit of the. Uh, Robert Barons, basically, for lack of a better term. Yes. Anyway. Uh, So the main event is the Ludlow Massacre, where Mr. National Guard fired into the crowd. Thank God that doesn't happen (laughs) in Kent State anymore. Uh, uh, also, something that I've learned from from uh, doing this podcast with you guys for all these episodes is, uh, in historical context, whenever it's called a massacre, it means white people died, and if it's a war, then brown people died. Correct. A lot of the case. Yeah. So, Anybody off white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. Uh, we're gonna get going on Ludlow. Well, I mean, let's set up, like, what, what was the Ludlow colony like? Like, what? Uh, how can we set the stage for people? Well, when you work for these companies, and it's a company town, and they fire your asses or you go on strike, you don't get to live in their houses anymore. So you get to live in tents supplied by the union, yep. which is fun. And, of course, you're getting paid uh, 
the kind of you're getting paid. I think these ones were actually paid in cash. They weren't paid in uh, uh, company shit, were they? I think it was actual cash, but they were also getting paid by the ton. So they they get paid like for the amount of coal they actually dig out of the ground, not for how many hours they work. So like, say um, you're in the middle of like, you got to build a railroad trestle or some shit to get the working train in there to get the coal mine out. They're not paying you for that time. They're paying you solely for the uh, for the tonnage that you extract in coal. So if like a mine shaft collapses and you got to go dig that out or something, not, not getting paid. Um, only, so that's part of the reason the miners were wanting to strike is shit like that. Also at that time, uh, the Colorado coal mines, I think it was like, they were like three times more dangerous than other coal mines. They had like way more fatalities and shit because they were not living up to even the, uh, what's called really minimal and primitive safety standards of the late 1800s, early 1900s. They weren't even living up to that. I mean, coal mining even today is an inherently dangerous job. But uh, this is back before like proper air pumps, you know, breathers, any of that shit. Um, so you're getting paid like, Usually worked out, I think, to be about the equivalent of three dollars a day to go get blown up and have uh, gas pockets uh, choke you to death. And uh, you know, of course, you're working for guys that have uh, basically private detectives spying on you the entire time, trying to make sure you don't unionize and make sure you're not talking shit about the company. Oh wow! So it was real great, uh, you know, real great uh, business model. So that was the first Walmart, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just saying. Amazon uh, or Amazon f- fulfillment center, yeah. Yep, and they told you how to vote too, which is always fun. Oh yeah, they they even registered some of the mules to vote. Well, when the one yep. guy take my, it's a little further on, but yeah, like basically they registered anything with a pulse to vote, and then had it vote in ways where they'd fuck over the workers is what it amounted to. How the fuck do you put a pen? How does how does a how does a mule put a pen in its paw, man? You just stomp it out. Yeah, two stomps for, um, you know, Hoover, Trump. one stomp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking. But, you know, anybody that's bitching about the, um, ooh, mail-in ballots are fucked up. Well, no, not compared to that shit at all. Yeah. I mean, mail-in ballots are even more organized. Yeah. That, that, and there's that's a paper the trail. Yeah. Make mail-in ballots. Everybody's automatically registered to vote. You don't have to uh, go try to find a polling place that has probably been closed down so to keep you from voting. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, good stuff. So anyway, we are talking about uh, the Ludlow camp, so that's the situation we find ourselves in is uh, the striking miners forced to live in tents. These guys are not necessarily just living there by themselves. They have their families with them. So there's women and kids in amongst the tents. For, for eight fucking months. Eight months. Yeah. That's fucked up. Well, and it was long enough they knew there's going to be some shit, so they started digging cellars underneath their tents. You pull up some floorboards and actually dig into underneath there. So in case bullets start flying, you at least had a hole to crawl into in your little tent. I'm pretty sure it's not as secure as one might like, but uh, that's what they were setting up. Yeah, that kind of backfired on a few people there. That We'll get to that later, though. But 21 were killed that day. And they estimate between 69 and 199 deaths attributed to the whole war. So as far as strikes go in the history of the United States, that was the deadliest. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, okay, we're talking about at the apex, 
10,000 to 12,000 miners versus eh, just above like a little more than a thousand uh well it was enlisted men officers and then they have well, what they call armed detectives uh we've talked a lot about the pinkertons in the past these aren't exactly pinkertons they're the um what the fuck are they called those something brown or something uh baldwin Fels, baldwin yep. Fels detective agency who had uh, been instrumental in fucking up unions and uh, brutalizing coal miners in West Virginia. So, of course, you know, the mine owners shipped them out there. So, um, yeah, there was over 10,000 miners and only about 1,000, we'll call them aggressors. But the miners had shit like, you know, single-shot rifles and, you know, 22s and shotguns and some dynamite. And these guys were bringing to bear... You know, for the time, modern weaponry like machine guns. I don't think they used any planes in this one. I know they did some planes in, uh, like Blair Mountain, but, but yeah. So, like you're saying, the death rate for Colorado miners were twice the national average. That was seven killed for every thousand. But when uh, January 31st, 1910, 75 are killed in an explosion. And then 56 later that year in Colorado, that was in Los Animas County, uh, which was where the 10 city of Ludlow was. That raised the average to uh, 10 in 1,000. <laughs> so that's like, uh, you know, when Ted Williams batted uh, 400 and they told him to sit down. He was the last guy to bat 400, but uh, he wanted to go out and play it out. So he went like four for four on the last day and like raised his average to 406. So that's kind of like that, you know. You just kind of pad your numbers. Oh, I yep. barely know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that <laughs> you could have been telling me about quantum physics right now. It would have went right over my head. I mean, I guess I kind of understand. I mean, understand baseball. I don't understand batting averages for shit. You're either well, good at it or you're not, and I'm assuming he's good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows Ted Williams. Come on. Uh, Ted uh, yep. Uh, so the Copper County strike in Michigan had a total of 83 deaths. So as far as, you know, they doubled that. So if you understand math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, they, they doubled that just with those two explosions is what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh... So the summer of 1913, the Mine Safety Bill gets passed through Congress, which uh, a lot of it required better ventilation, in the which the companies just flat ignored. Basically, they ignored every little bit of this little thing. Because those dirty, the dirty proles don't need to breathe while they make me money. How fucking nope. dare they want to have oxygen? They didn't even get them a canary for the coal mine. I thought like. The canary was like mandatory. Well, it sounds like ventilation was mandatory too, and they didn't do that. So. Oh, I suppose yeah. Well, maybe they had like a chicken, like because <laughs> there's gonna be chickens around you, and ch- chicken with you, or yeah. Your uh, child number seven that you have. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sid, go sit on that rock. They're already busy mining, so they, they yeah. can't be. You know, they they've got well, wagons of rocks to haul or whatever the fuck. They should uh, kill two birds with one stone and just make it a vulture because the vultures are there anyway. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
And plus, they they lend that kind of a cheery atmosphere. You know, you're down in the dark, dark cave with a big squawking <laughs> fucking turkey vulture. Yeah, you know, <laughs> barfing up battery acid at you. And, okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah, what what do they do when they're afraid? The vultures they barf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they have a highly concentrated uh, hydrochloric acid in their stomachs, so yeah. if they barf in your eyes, they can blind you. Yeah. And of course, it smell it smells super awesome because they eat the freshest of meats <laughs> at all times. Uh, Didn't they figure out was it was it the Kentucky meat shower? Yeah, that was their best explanation. Yeah. It was like bar- 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 well, I like people picking up gobbets of meat off the ground, frying it up, and eating it. Oh, this tastes like lung. That's a weird thing. You know, I thought everything tastes like chicken, not lung. I don't know. Wait, during the meat during the meat shower, people were picking that shit up and cooking it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like, oh, it's, it's, like, it's like veal. Oh, I don't think it's veal, buddy. <laughs> Manna from heaven. Fuck. I'll just, I'll just never forget we were riding a horse out in Theodore Roosevelt National Park one time, and our horse just started flipping, up, flipping out when we were getting close to, like, a watering area. And uh, found uh, like a dead mare, like laying there. And as we approached, his vultures started crawling out of the gaping butthole of this thing and like <laughs> flying away. It's like Ace Ventura Park. Kind of these rhinos. Kinda. It was about the worst thing I've ever seen. I, I think you know that was, it was pretty bad. At least the horse wasn't very juicy anymore, so that could have been a little grosser. But it was kind of like a mummy horse. It was worse than uh, it was worse than that movie. My boyfriend's back. That's the thing is, I, I always bitch about it, but I never end up watching it. You put it on, and I just kind of zone out on it, too. So, I don't know. It's like Mile City. I bitch about it to hear myself bitch about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Mile City. Well, you got to get him fresh enough where he can uh, play trampoline on the bloated corpses. Oh, yeah. Well, that's with the cows. I remember yeah. doing that a lot as a kid. Are you for real? Yeah. Well, you know, cows have the four-chambered stomach. And, uh, 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 Aside from, like, people say cow farts, you know, global warming, they actually don't fart that much. They kind of belch because of the way their stomach works. Right, because they regurgitate and chew. Right, but if they eat certain shit, they just blow it up and die. Like, their whole stomach bloats up and they just fucking die. And then they lay there all kind of all inflated and shit. So, of course, when we are little kids on the farm, you didn't know any better. we just jump on them like a trampoline kind of. But then... Dude, that is... Fucking horrifying sounding. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember my cousins were my cousins were jumping on one time, and then we shot it with a bow and arrow, and oh. it didn't explode. It just it just um, deflated, kind of. It made like this noise, and just you know all the gases came out. Of it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Jesus, I'm not Christ. sure what actually makes them blow. I, I think if they eat like oats and shit, they blow it up. I can't remember what makes them blow it. But it's, yeah, it's just a comp- you got to be really careful about what your cattle get into and eat or else they um, will be jumped on by children. You know, it's like that's country, country kid stuff. You know, you, you know, common games are throw rocks at each other's head and jump on the bloated cow and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> push each other off the, out of the barn into the dirt. And, you know, it's that kind of shit. Drag yourself behind a tractor. Mm-hmm. I've done almost all that shit except for jumping on cows. You haven't lived, man. We have to find you a cow. But we're really off topic. Yeah, we are. Okay. Holy shit. 
So the union supplies tents to all these people, uh, except for the day they kick everybody out is during a rainstorm. And that's at least uh, 20,000 people. I don't know exactly how many you said, but collectively between all these different companies. In this little area, we should describe the area too. This is, uh, yeah, basically this is just kind of south right on the interstate from uh, like Colorado Springs in the southeast corner. Uh, to the west is the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, which is the blood of Christ, which is metal. Sangre de Cristo. Yep. And uh, on the other side is where Darren lives, San Luis Valley. So, yeah, I was just there. It's a pretty country if you are just sticking to the mountains, but if you're in the valley, it's a bunch of scrub and other stuff. And people growing tons of pot. All right. I assume mm. they weren't doing that back then. Well, they had laudanum, which was much better. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that weed shit. We got fucking heroin. Just slam it in your veins with this giant needle or just drink it, yeah. Uh, just so you know, uh, I just noticed that my uh, recorder has been flashing standby this most of the time. I do have it recording now. Okay. But you might have to strip some audio from the thing. Okay, I'll do that. I can make I didn't it work. push. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't push the button with the most enough authority. Apparently. But do we need to start over? All right. Or? Anyway. No, uh, I got it. It'll, I'll be. It'll be fine. No. Okay. Uh, so the day the strike was declared, about eighty percent left work. Mother Jones shows up and leads March into Trinidad. Whoop, whoop. Yay. So uh, she uh, spoke, said, rise up and strike. If you are too cowardly, there are enough women in this country to come in here and beat the hell out of you. <laughs> when we strike, we strike to win. Fucking so badass. That's someone badass motherfuckery there. Yeah. So, well, Mother Jones wasn't no nothing to fuck with. Yep. Uh, they wanted an eight-hour workday. Uh, basically, they're working seven, 12-hour days. Um, they would set up their... They wanted to have the right to shop wherever they wanted and the right to their own doctors. This is all How stuff How fucking that, dare uh, they? Yeah, stuff that already passed, but the uh, companies were not obeying any of these laws. Because who gives a shit? Uh, they did yeah. set up their tent cities in the way of scab workers going up to the mines, so they're kind of in between town and the mines, I guess, mostly. And just well, so, just awesome in case somebody know. doesn't know out there, the scab workers are the people that are sent in to work when everybody uh, uh, goes on strike. These guys are sent right. in by the company well, to, to work the mines anyways. So they're blocking those well, guys. And there's some guys that just decided they didn't want to strike, you know, and they would go into, and then there's, yeah, there's guys that come in and replace the guys that are striking. Right. And, of course, as you can imagine, a lot of cases, the miners that are striking are not going to be too hospitable about them, you know, getting to the mine. Like, a lot of them would get shit kicked out of them on the way to go uh, across the picket lines and work. Right. So, I guess, you know, it's not like the miners are just standing there like, hey, that's not very nice. Don't go work. It'd be like, I'm breaking fucking arm. See if you work then, you motherfucker, that kind yep. of thing. But So, Mother anyway. Jones is a union organizer. She was called the most mm -hmm. dangerous woman in America at the time. She has a magazine named after her. One of the few mm -hmm. uh, other examples are Time Magazine is named after Morris Day in the Time. Somebody tell me what the fuck is going on, like, slowly? And People Magazine <laughs> is named after the village people. So oh, I did not know that. 
Yep. Of course. Learn something new from this podcast every time. It's the musical extravaganza that launches the 80s. It's Alan Carr's Can't Stop the Music. You can't stop the music. Once you see it, you'll know why you can't stop the glamour. Do the shake. Do the shake. Most sheriffs and deputies were aligned with the, the companies, the Colorado Fuel and Iron, or the CF&I, CF-fucking-I, uh, as we probably will call it later, uh, to get more deputies I. from Texas in New Mexico. Uh, General John Chase was the leader of the Colorado National Guard. He helped bust the Cripple Creek strike of 1903-04, which is out by Colorado uh, Springs there. Um mm-hmm. And the guard kind of worked hand in hand with the company, using its resources and men to help out the rich ass miners, or not rich ass mine owners, not the miners themselves. Right. Yep. I was gonna say, what will what? you're telling me that the cops and the military were in the pockets of the people with all the fucking money that were uh, treating their workers like shit? How could this be? Amazing, huh? It's shocking. Just follow the monkey. Or the money, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ludlow was one of the bigger of the strike towns. It had 200 tents, or about 1,200 people living there. And the company also hired strike bakers from, as you said, Baldwin Feltz, detective agency. God, that reminds me of that movie with um, fucking uh, Bronson Pinchot, the uh, Second Sight Detective Agency. You ever seen that? Where he's like a Absolutely he's got not. he's got uh, ESP and and like can move shit with his mind, and he channels like other people's spirits. It's fucking awesome. Uh, he gets like uh, tired from doing his like psychic shit, and so he has to his handler like feeds him uh, what's that candy goobers, like chocolate covered raisins. And then he gets his what and uh, yeah no goob- goobers are chocolate covered peanuts. Oh, raisinets okay. Are oh, raisinets. Yeah. So it's goobers. I, I get the two mixed up all the time. The second sight detective agency is on the job, and this case is all but solved. Get the car, boys. John Larroquette, an old-fashioned investigator. We're detectives. We'll detect. Bronson Pinchot, a new age psychic. Your um blood pressure is way up, and your sperm count is way down. The Second Sight Detective Agency has everything it needs to fight crime. Bobby is a power psychic. A what? He reads minds. He's clairvoyant. The thief is in this room. Telepathic. She's not pregnant. And psychokinetic. Your back hurts, so his back hurts. Yeah, we'll tell the amazing Randy he's got the wrong side. He'd make the perfect detective if only he could see where he was going. Straight ahead, babe. I can't go straight ahead, babe. There's a building right there. John Larroquette. Well, as you can see, we're very weird. Bronson Pinchot. I want to be nice. Second Sight. I see a comedy in your future. Anyways, that's my that's my movie wreck for this episode. Please continue. Okay. So the detectives, their agents killed a union organizer, uh, George Lollipat. Of course, I can't really. My P doesn't work in my keyboard anymore, so I'm gonna have to really think about this if there's a space missing. Oh, uh, in your notes. Trent, 
Yep, that was in Trinidad uh, five weeks before the strike began. Uh, the detectives were also deputized by the sheriffs. So everybody was in cahoots against these poor-ass people. Fuck. So, wait, so this is like a... They're basically like Blackwater? Mm-hmm. Okay. And More speaking of Blackwater, what did they call their special car, Bo? Oh, yay! This, this <laughs> charming vehicle is called the uh, the Death Special, which tells you they're fair and impartial and nonviolent, committed to nonviolence in all ways, because they have the Death Special... Which is pretty much a armored, and looks kind of like a Model T. It must have probably been a Model T at that time, Model A or Model T, that they armored up with iron sheeting, and it was armed with an 1895 uh, machine gun, very similar to the ones that the Rough Riders used in um, uh, the Spanish-American War. So the Colt, the Colt Browning um, 1895, did I say 1985? I think I did initially, but it's so 1895. They call it the uh, Potato Digger because of... Uh, the mechanism's weird. But it was, by all accounts, a, a pretty much a modern fucking machine gun. Uh, uh, posted on a, on a Model T. So, yeah, they, they were there to uh, negotiate. Yeah, we brought this machine gun um, to uh, keep the peace. Yeah, yeah we, 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 you know, we named it the Death Special. Super, you know, conflict resolution, yeah. Yep. So the uh, the company Colorado Fuel had more machine guns than the National Guard at the time. Anyway, uh, they purchased wow. some from uh, coal operators in West Virginia. So as you can tell, that was going well over there in the East too. Uh, yeah. Strikers had well, armed themselves with their own money though, but both sides bought explosives. So. <laughs> well, that's the thing about mining in those days, dynamite they is still just kind of it. around. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, you watch a lot of, like, westerns and that, you know, they're always, like, hucking dynamite at each other and stuff. I mean, that wasn't a super common thing in most of the Old West, but this is the kind of shit where it was pretty fucking common, because it was everywhere. And, yeah, it was one of your, it was know. one of your tools for your job. Yeah, or for fucking up your enemies. <laughs> yep. So, September 24th, a marshal on the payroll of the CFL and I... Uh, named Robert Lee, which is always a good name, was killed when he tried yeah, to arrest Robert four e. strikers of vandalism. Uh, another lawman said yeah. he was really hated by the miners, having insulted their wives and probably their cooking, too. Well, I love that. It, it's Yeah, it doesn't go into too much detail about us, uh, uh, insulting the wives. I did read something about, like, yeah, they were, like, picnicking or some shit. He just, like, started, like, talking shit to all these women at one point. I, I couldn't find too much elaboration, but so he's there like was the a little note about that. He's oh, the drunk, the drunk uncle. Example. He's like the drunk oh, uncle oh. at, a, at a fucking barbecue. He yeah. just drinks way too much. He's <laughs> like, look you. Oh, you're having fun. Yeah. You're cooking sucks. Fucking Karen. Karen farted in your potato salad again. <laughs> exactly. So the uh, the company men would uh, fire into Ludlow as they passed by on a train. So that's the the OG drive-by there. <laughs> it's like, where well, did that come like, from? Uh, well, you... the big train that just oh, passed Oh, shit, by. it was a train drive-by? What the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. Well, they, they learned the hard-won lessons of, like, how people were eradicating the buffalo by riding on trains and just shooting them from either side of the track, and you just use that against miners because, you know, they're more stationary. They're a little smaller 
Yeah, I guess know, they, they don't run as fast it. either. Take less bullets, no. too. Well, that's why you just aim at the tent. You don't aim at the people, you aim at the tent. Because it's easier to hit from a moving vehicle. <laughs> Yay. So they do that, and the next day, uh, actually, they kill one uh, striking miner. The same day, the National Guard shows up with four pieces of artillery. So if you're one of the strikers, it's not looking good for you. So they go out and yeah. uh, buy as many guns as they can in Trinidad that day. Um, in October 26, a mine collapsed in Dawson, New Mexico, killing 263. That was the worst mine disaster at the time. Um, October 24th, uh, Walden. Hey, it's my brother's is, birthday. Oh, happy oh, birthday. Yeah. yeah, October 24th. Wow. Oh, there you go. Anyways. Uh, well, if he was there at that day, he would have been fired at by uh, the sheriff and deputies. <laughs> I think he's probably been fired at by sheriffs and deputies before. <laughs> oh. Likely. <laughs> they killed three miners that day. Uh, the strikers tried to prevent more troops from coming, uh, firing at their train, but didn't hit anybody. Uh, October 28th, the National Guard is officially mobilized. Um and they, well, they're build, uh, burning buildings in Aguilar, the town right next to it, too. And the National Guard is arresting strikers at that time, too. So they're on their side, even so, though they're yeah. supposed to be impartial and trying impartial. to both sides, which they eventually do after a year. <laughs> well, didn't, didn't they kind of wait until the, uh, the governor was hanging around and they kind of waited until he left and started fucking people up? Yeah, the lieutenant governor like is that. the one who actually fixed everything. So, yeah. Oh, I think okay. Pass. I think so. Man. So, they're, so th at this point, they're on the robber baron side. Oh, All yeah. The way. Full on. Fucking up people just for not going to work. Yeah. That's crazy. Not going to work at a work that will kill you that you barely get paid for. Jesus, fuck. Great. <laughs> How the West was fucked will be right back. <laughs> Feel like protesting this fucked up world of ours, but don't want to risk your testicles? Then try Protesticles, the world's foremost athletic cup for protesters. Don't cut your protest short just because a fascist cup clubbed you in the groin. Use Protesticles and keep protesting till something actually happens, maybe. Someday we shall overcome, and your balls will too. Pro testicles. I'll say it again. Pro testicles. They say when you're dead, you're dead. They say you only get one chance at life. But for childhood sweethearts Missy and Johnny, true love will never die. He came back from the dead for me. God, my boyfriend would have been pumped gas for me. My God, if it ain't a zombie out with a living woman. What do you have against Johnny besides the fact that he's dead? He's a stinking zombie, you idiot. He's been gone for such a long time. My dad will go berserk if he finds out I went out with a dead guy. You stupid dead zombie pond scum. There's a lot of prejudice against the undead. Whore of the undead. Tramp. Zombie lover. We want the zombie! Hey! Pretty damn active for a dead guy. Come on, let's get it, Greg. Hey, quit it! If you're gonna kill him, you're gonna have to kill me. I mean it. 
Uh. My boyfriend's back. Well, I hope somebody eats a whole damn bunch of you. Garter, uh, nice enough to camp between uh, the tent city and the mines. At first, the miners kind of welcome them. They only had uh, 20 or 30 weapons between them. The miners did. And uh, one of yep. them was a toy gun, which is always a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you just have to make the noises while you pretend to shoot. Pew, pew. Well, pew, what, pew. didn't that, that fucking moron that just tried to do a coup in... Uh... What's called uh, Venezuela? Didn't they have like an airsoft gun with them? Oh yeah. You know, there's that kind of Blackwater type asshole that like, uh, oh, I'm gonna take over, you know, top yeah, of the government. Oh, that guy <clears throat> with with like 80 dudes and an airsoft gun. It wasn't even 80, man. It was less than that. It was like 60, I think. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it was fucking pathetic. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> That's a fun story to, to read about, too, if you get a chance. I think, actually, the dollop did yeah, one on that one. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, they did, that was uh, pretty good. They did it, like, the week after it happened, yeah. Yeah. But I was I just remember reading articles about that, and, like, this is kind of so stupid, it doesn't make any... I, I don't think what I'm reading makes any fucking sense. Well, as it turns out, no, the reality is it didn't make a lot of sense what this fucking guy was doing no. anyway. No, But it, re- it kind of reads like the reporter that's writing it was having some kind of fucking stroke. Describing that, you know, but are you, yeah, are you describing well, a dream you had, or is this something that actually yeah, happened? Yeah. Oh, this actually right. happened. What the fuck? Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. All right. Uh, so now we're into November. Uh, the town of Lavetta Pass, a strike breaker named Pedro Armarillo, was walking through a crowd of union supporters, and he was shot in the head. But it also wounded a striker who lost an eye. He was arrested and held for three months because the company thought that he was the one. The guy that lost an eye? Yeah, he at least knew who fired the shot, they thought. (laughs) And uh, later that day. Fuck you, you got shot in the eye. You must know something. (laughs) Yeah, tell tell me who did it. You're like, I'm my fucking eye. Tell us who did it. I can't fucking fucking see. Yeah. Shut my eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. You will. Well, you've noticed there's been a disturbing amount of... uh, We were talking about this a little bit when we were coming from the the protests. Uh, All these, like, parallel today kind of is all these baton rounds. And, you know, everybody colloquially refers to them as rubber bullets. Not exactly accurate, but baton rounds, like 40 millimeter baton rounds. And tear gas casters. I think it's like six people thus far in the country have lost an eye just to uh, these things flying at their fucking heads. Yeah. And it should be pointed out that most of those are meant to be, uh, even like the baton rounds, they're not meant to be shot directly at you. They're supposed to be skipped off the fucking pavement because, you know, otherwise they can fuck you up badly. But uh, I've seen disturbing amounts of people just getting directly shot with these things. But, you know. Well, even in Seattle last night up on Capitol Hill at the line, there was a... you know, uh, the mayor, Jenny Durkin, she she uh, she's put a it's a 30 day moratorium on the use of tear gas on crowds from the police department. Right. So yesterday, shit started getting a little heated. And what did they do? 
Well, they the used fucking the, 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 the police canisters. Yeah, the police didn't use uh, tear gas canisters, but the fucking National Guard did because no, they're not the Seattle police. So, oh, see, fantastic. I thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was SWAT did it because uh, her thing doesn't apply to them either or some shit. Yeah, it might have been both because I, I heard it was the uh, the National Guard, but, you know, could have been Well, that and I think... And I think the moratorium is actually on, you know, the actual tear gas canisters. I don't think that, that what they're saying is, oh, if we just use the big fogger thing and spray all of you in the face, that doesn't count. Jesus Christ. It's so what's basically the, fucking the same point? chemical. Yeah, what's the fucking well, at least point? You won't have a, at least you won't have a tear gas grenade bouncing off your head, I guess. You know, but yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it's it's kind of gilding the fucking lily. At the, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to put a moratorium on this shit, but let us use it anyway yeah but. exactly <clears throat> anyway so the guy got put in jail because he wouldn't tell them who shot him in the head because he probably didn't know yeah. uh, <laughs> he lost an eye uh, yeah. it's like you still got so, one yeah. eye you can tell us <clears throat> three, three months so, in jail oh yeah also by this time wasn't mother, wasn't mother Jones hadn't she already been arrested too uh, that's just a tad later but she would spend nine months okay. at the local hospital that's in January. Wait. Great. Uh, in November, a miner who quit the strike, Dominic Pefello. Actually, a lot of these guys were Greek, too, that we forgot to mention. The, uh, the union organizers. Right. This guy was dynamited in his own home. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was reading that and like, scanty details on that, like, I'm picturing some kind of fucking wily coyote like set up, you know, like get the box from Acme, he opens it up, it's like, oh shit, and, you know. The alarm clock tied to it, just ding 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 ding. ding. Or, or maybe they just like walked by and casually hucked a lit stick of dynamite in his house, or uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's some crazy shit. Uh, that same day, a Baldwin Feltz detective was killed by an Italian striker, Louis Zancanelli. Hey, uh, hey, hey. Um, he was sentenced to life in prison, but he was pardoned in 1917 because uh, the trial was improperly judged, I guess. They wanted Kinda him out like, of jail so he could join World War One. Yep. Yeah. Well, there was, yeah, with this, uh, with this improperly judged shit, you're going to notice a, uh, a pattern developing here as more people, more people get arrested. I don't think, I, like, almost none of them actually ended up sticking. Eventually, like, pretty much all of them were um, on either thrown side. out due to bias or, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's the problem, but. <laughs> anyway, you'll just pay attention, and you'll notice this really subtle pattern of, like, basically these court cases getting thrown out because of bullshit. So, yeah. Uh, January 27th, the National Guard finds an unexploded bomb near their camp. Which didn't quite impress themselves, or the, you know, their outlook toward the miners kind of changed after that, if you're trying to get blown up. But until right. March, it was mostly peaceful, till a body of a strike breaker was found by the train tracks near the Forbes tent city. Um, it was unfortunate that it occurred when a congressional committee was visiting. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So the National Guard Ugh. claiming uh, that the tent city was responsible burned it while most of them were away. 
they arrested 16 men, but uh, two newborns that were probably forgotten in the tents were killed. Two what? Huzzah! Newborns. Newborn babies. babies. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, they probably weren't just forgotten there. It's like they waited till the miners left to go to burn the tents. It didn't mean the women that were hanging out there, you know, because they weren't going to the mines. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of them were still around when all this was going on. And Good just times. either, I don't, yeah, great. So the morning of 420, <laughs> dude, the Ludlow massacre goes down. Uh, the day before, words went down between the guardsmen and the women playing baseball. <laughs> oh, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in bed. The guardsmen were quoted as saying to the women, go ahead. Today, have your fun. Tomorrow, we'll get your roast. So they were commenting on their cooking, I guess. Or, uh, I guess. Or their backsides. Yeah. One or the other. I, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, tomorrow we got your ass is basically what they're saying. But yeah, tomorrow uh, we'll have your roast. You know, that old-timey Victorian-ish weird turns of phrase. We got your... I'll get your roast. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, Thomas, check out that lady's roast. Fetching. Bully. Ooh, I saw her anchor. One of the guard leaders was a major Patrick Hamrock. Not Hamhawk, Hamrock. Yeah. Speaking of roasts. It's Hamrock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, doesn't that sound like a, a Jim Henson character of some kind? Yeah. It's like a f pork fraggle or... <laughs> or uh, it's, a, it's like crack, crack cocaine that tastes like meat. Des mm. Designer drugs. Mm. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Smoking that ham. <coughs> yeah. He was a veteran of the Wounded Knee Massacre. Great. So uh, it's between well, him and uh, the Greek Union leader, Tikos. I'm sure that's how you pronounce it. Yep. Uh, he was someone to meet yes. with him. Um, he, the Tikos said to his uh, guys to remain calm. But when you have a bunch of machine guns pointed you at you from above the town and the strikers kind of took cover and Count Stefford, just like Wounded Knee, on who actually fired first. Um, right. Probably it begun with uh, the local militia. That's the other part of the thing here, too. That's, uh, they detonated a warning charge to summon more troops. So oh, yeah, fun. I love that. You just use it. You're just using dynamite, like you're using dynamite instead of being able to send a text. It's like, well, <laughs> if we blow up like three sticks of dynamite, that means get your ass over here. That kind of deal. Wait, so the local militia was was on the strikers side, or were they on the the robber barons team? Robber, robber barons Baron. team. Okay. Yep. Nobody was on the striker side other than the strikers and baby Jesus. Tonight on America's Probably most one-sided fights. Yeah, so no the, once the firing starts, the families of the strikers hid in the cellars, which was a good thing until they set the town on fire. And, you know, <laughs> and started suffocating. some of them didn't come out of there. Yep. Um, so it lasted from nine to five, which they got their eight-hour workday then. <laughs> yeah, fuck. 
So the National Guard is firing from the hill uh, with their machine guns. Um, some poor-year-old 12-year-old boy <sighs> pokes his head out, gets its uh, clean taken off by machine gun fire. Uh, yep. 18 Union supporters died that day and one guardsman, so you could see how even that war was. Yep. Like the guardsman probably fell on his own bayonet or some stupid shit. <laughs> you know, like... Taking a shit, well, yeah. fell off a cliff or something. Wasn't there also a kid that got like shot like over nine times in the legs with a machine gun? It's what like, wow, fuck, that's man? a lot of that's a lot of bullets just for your legs, you know. I mean, spread it out a little bit, I guess, but yeah. Well, also, uh, like that's the uh, before before I, I before we get too far into this before this shit kicked off. I like the uh, the quote from uh, the quote from. Uh, 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 the Linderfelt guy, he's, he's another one of the, uh, uh, what, who did Linderfelt work for? He was the guy that was like, um, with the guards, right? negotiating with that, with that, with that Ticus guy beforehand. But his whole thing is, okay, uh, he said to the miners, I am Jesus Christ, and my men on horses are Jesus Christ's, plural, and we must be obeyed. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yeah. And then, uh, about that part. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a good, wholesome, weird quote from, uh, you know, yeah jesus man but so anyway i just I did, yeah not only is this kind of the culmination this is actually kind of a start of what they call the 10 days war where they just have sporadic widespread violence in between this i think it's like a hundred mile front they call it along the mountains between the mountains and the prairie there uh between all these mining towns so that's a good thing mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. the uh, attitude, once this starts to get rep uh, reported in the papers, that public attitude kind of turns on the companies and starts siding with the miners now. Hey. Yay. That's what you well, need. Well, kind of. But that's the thing is we find a lot, like, you know, um, we talk a lot about these uh, massacres of Native Americans and stuff. It's like the, the people in the East are like, we have your back. It doesn't do anything whatsoever. Yeah. But they're just like, you know, sitting in the fucking Hamptons like, well, let's spare a thought for the poor Native Americans that are, you know, but it, it doesn't really help. Like, they're not right. like sending counter troops or, you know, anyway. I think Garcetti in uh, Los Angeles even said that about Native Americans with what's going on now, even though. <laughs> means what? Absolutely nothing. Wait, what you did know, he? He could. Well, you know, think about our LGBT and, and you know, he's just kind of lumping everybody together that's not not a white honky. Yeah. It's like, think about your Native American people, too, during this time. It's like, well, it's a nice thought, but when have you actually yeah. helped anybody, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thoughts and prayers, baby. Thoughts and prayers. That's well, what, yeah. uh... Especially coming from somebody that's in fucking power that can actually change shit. Yeah. Like, oh, but... How do you expect them to change anything when they have the power? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Do your fucking job, man. Yeah. Or they want to get like, reelected. Fuck well, that. maybe maybe we don't need them to get reelected in most cases. Yeah, huh? right. Maybe maybe they need to be unemployed. Oh, That's anyway, why it should be you should be drafted into service. Yeah, kicking and uh, screaming. Politi political service. Yep. I don't want to be comptroller. You are going to be the comptroller. <laughs> I don't know what that is. 
But it's like, you know, who wants to take a bunch of Boy Scouts up to, uh, you know, go camping? It's like, never trust the guy who volunteers for it. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's point. probably at Alec Baldwin and, and Canteen Boy, you know. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, that's an old one. Yeah. Kurt reference. That's what you can count on. But yeah. Here. But yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Uh yeah. Uh look look a little bit skeptically on anybody that's uh too hyperactive about volunteering for Oh, to be around stuff. children? Just for basically anything. Like right. if somebody's way too into it, there's probably an ulterior motive. Yeah, for sure. Of some kind. Like like Oh, I'm totally gonna skim some money off the top of this, or I'm gonna do bad things with youth, or I'm gonna yeah, yeah, you know, insert it. <clears throat> I'm gonna put all the hot dog buns in my armpits. You know, it doesn't have to be that. <laughs> doesn't have to be that uh, dire. It can just be weird and gross. But I'm like, gonna you know. jerk off in the sour cream again. There you go. That was an almost live bit uh, from 30 years ago where. The, the kingdom hot dog warmer was just some fat guy's armpits. <laughs> nice. Anyway. All right, so we're, uh, yeah, where are we at? Uh, we left off with a 12-year-old getting his head blown off after he sticks it around the yeah, corner. And then, well, in the beginning of um, the, what they call the 10 Days War. But, yeah, it's, uh, oh, yeah, we, we, we got to, like, wrap up the whole Ludlow massacre. Uh, 11 children and two women were found uh, suffocated by smoke. And I actually read a little bit more about that. There was, um, basically, there's a woman trying to go with her two kids, and they were in their own little cellar in their tent, which was going fine until the National Guard just came and set their very tent that they were inside on fire. But at the end of the camp, there was, like, a bigger tent that they kind of used as a communal thing, and it had a bigger, deeper cellar that was almost like a cave, where it would have actually kept them safe from flames, you know, it was actually back in the hillside or whatever, far enough to, to keep them from getting burnt. Uh, so they got there, and uh, the other women, she was like, we just need to get the fuck out of here. And then, like, the other women were like, well, if we leave the tent, they're going to fucking shoot us. So we got to hunker down. Well, the lady that wanted to leave ended up uh, passing out, waking up a little bit later, and was the only person that survived that. Uh, her children died of smoke inhalation. Everybody that was with them died with smoke inhalation. And of course she was metrically fucked up, you know, just like you're losing that much oxygen to your brain, but somehow she survived it. But just to wake up and be surrounded by her dead children and friends and come out of like a burnt fucking building. You Jesus know, Christ. And these people didn't do anything. They're, no. they're, they're being fucking well, murdered by the US government because they won't yeah. go to work. I mean, and those, you know, the kids and kids and moms, like, you know, obviously didn't work in the mine. No. They're just there. And just and just absolute non-combatants. Absolute non-combatants. Um, you know, there was no Geneva Convention at this time, but yeah, that's definitely uh, covered, you know, <laughs> now. But uh, it's just ridiculous. You know, Geneva <sighs> must have like a really kick-ass convention center. Like you know, Las Vegas or something. <laughs> right. <clears throat> hey, my, my aunt's name is Geneva. As far as I know, she doesn't have a convention center. <laughs> but she could have her own con. Is that the yeah. nun? Is that the smoking, drinking nun? No, I, Sandy doesn't smoke. She does drink. No, oh, okay. that's not. Okay. Sandy, Sandy's the nun. Gotcha. But yeah. 
So uh, the strikers attack the southwestern southwestern mines. I can't talk. This beer is too strong. Southwestern's mine uh, company's Empire Mine and surround it for a 21-hour siege. Uh, strike breakers killed two strikers, but at least the strikers killed the mine superintendent. So that's something. Hey. So cut them off at the head, at least. <clears throat> Eat the rich. So, yeah, now they're sending all available guardsmen. Um, for whatever reason, there was a few of them away. Everybody's at the strike zone now. Another 362 soldiers. They fire on Cannon City. Uh, kill two more before the guard arrived. And uh, they also had a sit-in for the Women's Peace Association at the Capitol in Denver. And paralyzed oh. it. So they still have that going on, non non-violent things going on. Well, and they the allowed them to have a sit-in, and they didn't like shoot them with fucking machine guns or herd wild pigs at them or any crazy shit. They well, actually let is, them do that. Yeah, twenty years before, they almost had a war there over Soapy Smith's stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, another two were killed on the 28th and 29th with, uh, in the town of Walsenburg, uh, fighting over control of the town. So all as all of this is going down, uh, I guess John D. Rockefeller Jr., he was part owner, but he refused President uh, Woodrow Wilson's offer for mediation. Wilson uh, reassured the government uh, to, or reassured that the governor would get everything done there in Colorado and didn't want to get the feds involved. Right. He didn't want to spare too many troops because there was a Mexican revolution in Pancho Villa fucking around Texas in uh, the southwest at the time. So people yeah. forget about well, that. Also part about two. Oh, we're going to we're going to do a whole episode on that at some point. For sure. For sure. For sure. So, a little tit-for-tat everywhere. Uh, the strike continues until December. That is when the union runs out of money. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, that's the end of that. Shit. Yeah. So, fatalities vary widely. Um, mostly, they're underreported. Uh, six mines in several towns were damaged or destroyed full out, like uh, Ludlow was. Financial cost was around 18 million at the time, or 500 million today. Uh, the CF and I lost 1.6 million, which is about, uh, I think, about a fifth of their whole uh, stake there. The union lost 800,000, just trying to keep their people afloat with tents and food and all that good stuff. And guns, some guns, a little bit of guns. guns. Yeah. Major Patrick Hamrock. And Lieutenant Carl Linderfeld. Both were court-martialed for firing on Ludlow. They, only one of them was found guilty. Uh, oh, uh, Linderfeld, I think, was found guilty of striking a union leader, but didn't serve any time or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, union leader John Lawson was found guilty of uh, murder, but was pardoned three years later. 408 strikers were charged with something, some with murder, but only four convictions, and they are all overturned later. Holy shit, four out of 400? Yeah. Whoa. Yep. 
No, uh, there was that much. Uh, basically, basically, you could not get a fucking fair trial. But at least when you had the judges that weren't um, in the pocket of right. the powers that be, it seems like uh, there was a lot of mistrials and shit happening. Before we get too far, I want to point out that uh, Will was just going over how much fucking money was lost by these goddamn companies. Where if they would have just taken that fucking money and leaving a portion of that money and started to give the miners kind of what they were looking for, all this shit could have been avoided. I guarantee that the mining companies lost more money or spent more money trying to brutally suppress these people than it would have cost them just to make the improvements to the mines, just to pay them what they wanted. You Ab know, fucking lootly. And that's the kind of shit that just makes my fucking blood boil. And you see it time and time again. Um, you know, everything that's old is new again, but half these fucking people that spend time, like, lobbying against your rights, lobbying, lobbying against, like, workers' rights, lobbying against human rights, spend all this fucking time and money and influence... To do so. To, to tell you to fuck off yeah. when they could just be using this... Usually less money and less bullshit to just make some positive change rather than just cock-blocking everybody. And it just fucking pisses me off, but... That's, uh, that's, the, the that's world what I have in. to say about that, yeah. So go out and join the union. Yeah, <laughs> except for they destroyed most of them. Oh, well, if you're a cop, right. if, 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 you're, if you're a cop, don't join the union. Because they'll protect they got, you. Dude, that is some well, shit. I didn't, people. that is some, I'm, I'm pretty informed as far, like, politically, but, like, uh, that is something I didn't realize. I always thought police unions were, were like labor unions where they help get you fair wages and health insurance and all that kind of shit. No, they're a fucking lobby. They're a lobbying organization uh, that has made things. They have lobbied uh, for systemic changes. To, to We're at a point now where everything they've done has gotten us to a point where cops don't have any oversight and they don't have any repercussions for their actions, which is why right. you see fucking cops... On, they know they're being filmed by 20 people with their cell phones out murdering people on fucking camera because they're like, right. well, who gives a shit? I can get away with it. They don't yep. have to worry about repercussion. Well, what's the, I can't remember what the... Um, it's it's like a, a basically a law that uh, makes them immune from being prosecuted from for almost everything. Yeah. For, you know, you have to... Yeah, it's ridiculous. In no other uh, section of society... Is there that kind of just blatant, like, um, just favoritism towards the side? You know, basically, if you need those kind of fucking protections that badly, you kind of got to, you should be looking at what you're doing. Why do you need those kind of protections? Right. Because you're fucking up. Right. You know, you're, you're using it to sweep it under the rug and, um, and avoid accountability. You know. But if that, you're doing yeah. your job correctly, you should be able to be accountable and be fine. For, right. for what you're doing. What's the whole thing is, you know, uh, well, I'm not afraid because I don't do anything. You know, I don't break any laws, so why do I need to worry about it? Well, if that was the case, right. then, yeah, but... <sighs> well, okay. Yeah, and if you remember our Bass Reeves ep episode, he did, you know, have to kill a few people, but as far as how many people he arrested, you know, these are peace officers, and emphasis on the peace. And right. You could do that in the fucking Wild West, and you can't fucking do it today. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, well, they did a better job. They did a better job two hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, Bass Reeves could do it in the Wild West 
by himself, well, or with his little, I always picture his little buddy, like, being just, like, a guy on a tiny burrow or something with, like, a way too big hat, like a cartoon. <laughs> like, his, like, deputy that would follow him around, and then he's got the cook by the wagon and stuff. But, like, if Bass Reeves can do that, he can't even read the warrants he's serving. He has to memorize all the fucking warrants, if you remember that. Yep. He will bring in by himself sometimes groups of individuals, and they'd have to, like, you know, camp with them while he's rounding up even more individuals. If one fucking guy can do all that with, like, a six-shooter and a 30-30, you know, you would think, like, uh, maybe the yeah, cops don't need MRAPs and 40-mic uh, mic grenade launchers and stuff to, yeah. uh, to do policing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the cops man. didn't look like G.I. Joe when we were growing up for some reason. Yeah, not no. so much. I am looking at some of these uh some of these pictures from the mine strikes and stuff. Uh yeah, they're golden, you know, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's great. Just like I mean everybody they they look like World War One doughboys because that's pretty much what they were about to come become, you know. But uh yeah, just pretty much the most modern well at the time, the most modern uh, military the U.S. had had, and just to uh, to oppress people that are asking for a little bit of better living conditions, working conditions. Yeah, and you, you know what's what's interesting is a uh, like, there, I mean, there's been a lot of people. I mean, Black Lives Matter has been around for a while. People have been complaining or you know trying to push this to the forefront. The fact that like cops are indiscriminately killing people of color, like mainly, but also just being uh, brutalizing people for for fun or whatever the fuck they're into. Yeah. Um, and like no, none of the powers that be really have been listening or taking it seriously until you start fucking with their money. You know what yeah. I mean? You take to the streets. Like, I don't want it to have to be that way. I don't want it to have to be people smashing fucking like Nike town windows open and shit. Although fuck Nike, who cares? But like, uh, yeah. it, it's, it, I, I, I wish it could always be, um, uh, uh, nonviolent protesting. I would I would prefer it to be that, but if we're doing that and nobody's listening, you gotta you gotta fuck with their money, and look it right. it got people's fucking attention immediately. Right, and that's that's <laughs> like these these mind strikes, man. They like they 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 went on strike because they weren't getting what they were asking for, and it fucked with the company's money. So that's when the company retaliated. Right, and after all these uh, after all these people got arrested and many were killed and like all the horrifying things that they suffered eventually this got the ball rolling kind of nationwide to actually get some of this change enacted uh and it was a slow arduous proce process and i'm sure from the perspective of the miners you know right after they'd all been machine gunned had their entire households burned up and every fucking thing else it probably seemed like very dark days um, and I'm sure it was super demoralizing to basically like lose the battle. Um, but in the end, it did end up um, causing some reforms. Now that's not, I mean, coal mining is still fucked as, as an industry. Like, um, But it's you clean. Know. Yeah. <laughs> you take the coal and you clean it. If that, oh God, that clip, like, we're going to get the clean, beautiful clean coal. Means they take, they dig up the coal, they clean it. How, 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 like, it just makes, it gives me a think ache, just fucking this moron, but, um, 
No, like coal mining, guys that own coal mining, um, even to this day, are kind of pretty famously bastards. Uh, which the one Bob, um, oh, Bob, whatever that uh, John Oliver was fucking with. Yeah, that's why Crossley. you uh, put him in charge of the EPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God. Uh, but, um... So, anyway... They do uh, put a monument up there in 1918, so that's pretty quick work. And, of course, Woody Guthrie has to write a song about it because he has to write a song about... Well, it's his wheelhouse, man. fucked up. Yep. We should have Rage Against Machine versus Woody Guthrie. Ooh, I like Ooh. that. Uh, three years after this, almost to the date, the 1917... The Victor American Fuel Company, which was uh, one of them caught up in all this shit, in the town of Hastings, that caught fire and killed 121. Uh, so they put up a new memorial next to the old one in Ludlow there. <laughs> Fuck. But uh, Just... Rockefeller did, uh, like Bo was saying, commit a, uh, start a company union to deal with everything kind of in-house, which was the... Uh, Rockefeller plan that they called it which was kind of the archetype for employee representation mm -hmm. um, and through the YMCA Rockefeller did uh, set up social services to help the miners so right but that was also viewed I mean call it what you will um, you know I'm sure it helped somewhat but a lot of people accused Rockefeller and were probably not super wrong a lot of that was just kind of to be like a PR kind of stunt. Yes, you know? sir. Um, but still, I mean, small victories if they're getting a little bit of help. But yeah, uh, he's... Nobody wanted to like, repeat oh, can... of Russia and the fucking revolution going on there, basically. Right. That's what half of all this, uh, you know, giving money to the poor is just basically to save their own asses. But so be it. Right. Well, I mean, save their own asses, but uh, you know, if it does some help, it's some help, but it's usually not enough. That's why Teddy uh, Roosevelt stood out so much because he actually gave a shit, which shouldn't yeah. be a big deal, but it fucking was during that time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, what's the what's the quote from him about this whole thing? I read it. It's fucking crazy. Uh, oh, you told me this, uh, and it, it kind of bummed me out a little bit. Well, because it was, <laughs> it's basically like the, there's fine people on both sides, is what it amounts to. Yeah. Um, it was some shit like. Oh, God, yeah, I'm gonna have you do the voice later. Yeah, but it's we'll basically just plug like, it in now. Uh, he's like, I. He's sympathetic to the situation that the. Uh, that the National Guard was put in to like have to fuck with American citizens because he was seeing them do you know do atrocities that you know or read, read about them doing atrocities he wasn't there but at the same time he's like it makes me sad because you know they're very fine people but then again so are the strikers you know so it's kind of like have your cake eat it too yeah it wasn't exactly the most uh, rousing pro pro union speech of that guy's entire career but yeah. No, he, he wow. was probably suffering from his stint in the Amazon for whatever fish crawled up his dick hole or something. I don't know. Oh, the Kandiru. <laughs> uh, George McGovern writes a book about it while he was running for president at the same time. 
So that's something. Oh, great. Howard Zinn calls it, quote, the culminating act of perhaps the most violent struggle between corporate power and laboring men in American history. So there you go. Wow. Say that's saying something because there's been uh, there's been a pretty fair degree of struggle between labor and corporate industry. power. Yeah, corporate power. Yeah, fight the powers that be. Yeah. Well, that's why, I mean, that's why it's important, you know, we got to take a fucking stand and don't, don't relent. You got to. Yep. Don't let up. Let him, let him fucking know and keep letting him know. Cause it's already changing shit. I mean the, the whole, yep. the whole, uh, uh, what is it? The, that city of Minnesota, they're, they're Minneapolis. They're Minneapolis. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, they're that's pretty it. much dismantling the entire police department. Right now, you know, sometimes if something's that that damaged and that, and that faulty, you know, like you gotta you gotta tear the structure down and rebuild it. Yep. You know, at, at a certain point, you can't can't just slap and keep slapping paint and new shingles on the house. Sometimes you gotta rip her down, build a new one. Yep. You know? and, and at this point, I mean, um, you know, Donald Trump can <sighs> keep it inspecting his bunker like all day, every day is fine with me. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, another, uh, just a little note here. Um, I'm looking at uh, the last survivor of the Ludlow Massacre uh, was three months old during the event. Uh, she actually passed away last year in March. No way. At the age of 105. This woman's name, uh, it's Erminia. Er they called her Marie. Uh, Marie Padilla Daly was three months old in the event. Uh, she was born in the camp. Her mother took her and her siblings, siblings away as violence escalated. Uh, they went to Trinidad, which there was some bullshittery in Trinidad, too. But um, their family got split up. But, uh, oh, man, it's getting sadder the more I read. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. But uh, either which way, uh, you know, she, she got split up from her family. But, uh, yeah, she survived until last year and died at the age of 105. Wow. So, you know, and we, we had said that this is a little bit further on the modern spectrum of uh, the time period we normally cover. But it just goes to show you, it wasn't that fucking long ago. No. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and it continues, you know. So, uh, yeah. Inform yourself. Know, yeah. uh, know what's and going on. And that's what our, we're, we're trying to do in our small and imperfect way, is uh, help give you folks some, uh, some insight, some... Uh, Context, um, hopefully pique a little bit of curiosity, and um, you know maybe maybe help light a little fire to uh, to do what you need to do to uh, try to make it a better fucking place for all of us. You know, uh, in your whatever way you can, I guess. Hell yeah! And not relive the uh, horrors of the past over and fucking over ad nauseum as we've been doing. You know, we can break this fucking cycle. We just got all work together, uh, calm the fuck down, figure out cohesion, unity, strategy, and, uh, you know. And at the very least, the very fucking least anybody can do is fucking vote. When I was, yep. when I was like 18, 19 years old, I had the whole, like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, they're just going to pick who they want anyways, blah, 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 blah. And then I would complain when the fucking world sucked. But you don't get to complain if you don't vote. You gotta fucking no. vote. You gotta fucking vote. The more people vote, the more people have a voice. And that's just the way well, it is. Well, that's, th 
that's the thing is there's uh, groups out there that are painfully, painfully aware that voting does have actual power. So also get ready for uh, some powers that be to try to suppress your vote and oh, yeah. try to take away your your right to vote. Voting is a right, not a fucking privilege. Or um, gerrymander the fuck out of it. Or gerrymander the fuck out of it. But um, you got to be cognizant of it. And um, I mean, it might it can be difficult. They're going to try to make it difficult because, you know, they know if more people vote, well, that means more people are getting our way, not having to do things their way. And they're going to try to stop you, but do whatever you can to get your vote in there. Your vote does matter. Your vote does count. And it's more important now than ever. Fucking A, right. And you're saying uh, armed revolution is the way to go, too. Well, you know. Well, if, the, if they push us, I mean, we, the, look at the Ludlow Massacre. I mean, they they, yeah. they escalated it. You know what I mean? That's not a great great example because the miners kind of got the shit kicked out of them, like we said. But yeah, you know, I know. But but you that know. can happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, I mean, the, not the most rosy outcome. No, nope, it's so not. If you see anybody who looks like Dick Cheney, just run up and kick him in the balls. Oh yes. Oh yes. It's a good policy. Yeah. Uh, All right. That was depressing. How but, about, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about ready for a hail of gunfire. We've been out in the sun all day at, okay. at the Black Lives Matter protest. It was a good day. It was positive. But, yeah, dude. We could do a hail of gunfire. I'll throw some tear gas boom, canisters for a good measure, too. I was going to say, do we really need a hail of gunfire? You can just go outside yeah, right. and uh, <laughs> go out, step, step, step out in your patio with a brick in your hand. Yeah, You'll get right. a hail of gunfire. Yeah, for real. Jesus. Woof. All right. We'll see you we'll guys see all next time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll do something uplifting le- next time, like maybe an Indian massacre or something. You know. Like, <laughs> Actually, I think the next one is other. The next one coming out because this one's going to drop tomorrow. So the next one coming out is going to be a uh, uh, Mexican American War. Yay. That's pretty depressing too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we stole all this. You, you know, notice all the Spanish names. We stole all this territory from Mexico. That we're oh, of course. About right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and before that, that was stolen from the Native Americans. So, you know. So, yeah. Ooh, I wonder who's going <sighs> to steal it from us. <laughs>